Live from a remote location on our Chavez Ravine, it is the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller, giving you this espresso shot with my brother, Terry Miller, also known as Charlie and Carrie. What's happening? What's the word here? What, what's the thing? Folks, we're going to give you guys an espresso shot. We've been so wrapped up into the, the game, we, we forgot to tell y'all what we were talking about. And what we want to do is we're going to give you a, 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 an, an espresso before the games today to assess where we are uh, in both series and then give you another one right after the games tonight because we should have a good gauge on what's going down. Let's start off with the Dodgers. All right. I'm really tired of hearing everybody dog Craig Kershaw, first and foremost. Um, you know, I even have a great friend, No Zone contributor, who said, listen, I was, an, I was a Clayton Kershaw apologist, but not anymore. I'm telling you guys right now, Clayton Kershaw is about to come out and deal. I feel very good about this situation today. Uh, I, although his velocity has not been up, he knows how to get the guys out. A major problem with Clayton Kershaw uh, is – the defense, the team, the Dodgers made six errors in that first game. And run support. And they strike out too much. I mean, literally. They've almost- uh, we got to get into that. That's, that's, why, that's not just for Clayton Kershaw, though. But let's just talk about Clayton Kershaw. Because Clayton Kershaw is about to pitch against Wade Miley. And me, personally, I, I don't know what to do with the Dodgers. Uh, but I think I like Kersh. I actually don't think that last start was as bad as everybody made it seem. I think the home run to the pitcher was unacceptable, and that has to do as well with the Osmani Grandal and how they're they're calling the games. I personally think there's something wrong with the Osmani Grandal's eyes. Uh, it doesn't look like it. I mean, he can't catch the ball. When you can't catch the ball and you can't hit the ball, there's actually a problem there. So and he's, he, he literally, it looks like his depth of field is off. That's what it looks like. It looks like there's something wrong with his depth of field. He couldn't catch the ball in Milwaukee. He can't make contact at the plate unless he's grounding into a double play. I mean, and he's way off. He's late on the fastball, late on the off-speed pitches. What are you doing? He's guessing. He's guessing. Yeah. yeah. And, if, and hopefully he feels like if he runs into something, maybe he can make something happen. But that's not how you're supposed to play the game. You're not supposed to be guessing up there at the plate. You, you have to have a clue. And right now, if you can't, if your eyes are messed up, you really don't have a clue. I mean, you really can't. You really can't play the game the right way. No. Usually impaired. No. And I got a breaking news. For once, ladies and gentlemen, Omar Miller agrees with Alex Rodriguez. Last night after the game, Alex Rodriguez actually brought up a great point, uh, which is there have been 49 strikeouts already between these two teams within four games. And he put that in great context because he juxtaposed it against Frank Thomas's first MVP season in 91, 92, or something, 92, 93. At which point, Frank Thomas hit 317, 35 bombs, 128 ribeyes, struck out 51 times the whole season. 54 times the whole season. I'm getting into it with you guys on Twitter because you want to believe that all these strikeouts are because guys throw harder. That's not how baseball works. Just I got a newsflash for you. Yes, yeah, all about guys not making adjustments. Everybody's into these analytics of the game, not with launch angle and everything else. Play the game the right way. You know what? Take your hacks. Take maybe if you even if you are selfish and take two hacks, but you need to do what the team needs you to do. So go the other way. Give yourself up. Hit into hit the ground ball to second base and get the runner over to third base with what? I mean, there's so many small things that they're playing the game the wrong way that lead to strikeouts. If you're, if you're a casual fan, you don't understand how these small things add up in the grand scheme of playing baseball. And I'm willing to let you guys know it matters. 
when a guy has two strikes and you see him swinging for Yosemite Park, that matters. That's bad baseball. That's he's not baseball. He's not trying to make contact. Good things happen for the offense when you put the ball in play. This is rule one. Well, and then also with this whole uh, wheel of fortune thing going on with rotating pitchers like they are. So if you get a guy at second base with no outs, bunny him over. Do whatever you got to do to get this guy over, especially in a tight game. There was no reason for that game to go to extra innings yesterday. That game wore out everybody's bullpen, played an extra four innings of baseball for for, for the sake of playing bad baseball. Because the Dodgers got the leadoff runner on in the seventh inning. And Jock Peterson refused to get him over. He needed to hit home run. He couldn't bunt the man over. And that's in a shift. I mean... I'm sorry for being so pumped up, folks, but this is something I know to be true, and it's something dear to my heart. All of the ballplayers who listen out there, you guys all know what time it is. Please tell a friend. It's like voting. Go sign somebody up to register to vote. I'd like to start an initiative. We'll call it Bill 93. To get people to play the game the right way. (laughs) I want to play the game of baseball the right way. And I know it's a second it's ugly. And now everybody, all these youngsters now that they're getting to conform to the launch angle, the launch angle thing is so overrated, which leads to, uh, to strikeouts, because what you're doing is looking at pitchers now throwing high, high fastballs to make you strike out because you're trying to get a list on the ball. That's it. And just hit the ball hard. And let me tell you something. If you get on top of a high fastball, it'll get out. Yeah, it literally, it'll get out. But then you see something that Cody Bellinger actually did yesterday. He ended up with two hits and brought his average up to not even respectable, but he brought it up. But getting a check swing knocked the other way, even though he didn't do it on purpose, it actually shows when you make contact what happens. You have right. to make contact. He's not. I mean, to me, Cody Belger shouldn't be playing. No, because no, no, no. He, he's he not making contact. Last night. He fluked up last night and got the game winning hit. He fluked up and went the other way on Hader, which was honestly. But I'm going to say this. He could change his future and his career as a baseball player, and he could change the Dodgers organization if he was willing to go the other way. He and, would. And he's just not willing to do it. I actually don't even blame him for making bad defensive plays in the outfield. He made a jab of a defensive play last night, which saved the game. But he's not an outfielder. He's not an outfielder. He's just a really athletic guy, and that's why they got him in the outfield. And this is where analytics and money ball and all that nonsense doesn't work. It's just, yeah, it's, it's bad. Because it doesn't calculate for human behavior or tendencies in clutch or tight situations. It doesn't know. Practice. I mean, right. is not an outfielder. The, the center fielder is the most important position on the field. <laughs> Him in the shortstop. And you can't. Now, here's the funny thing. Now, now riddle me this, Batman. They wouldn't just throw somebody at shortstop because they're athletic. No, they wouldn't. So why is it that you would throw a guy in the center field? The ball that he missed the other night when the Dodgers lost that game the night before was because he took a bad angle. And then he didn't know where he was in the field. So he took a bad angle on top of not reading the ball right, which led to uh, extra base hit. That yep. was a can of corn, basically, though. And that's that's shame on, I don't know if it's the analytics, Dave Roberts, however they're doing it. But what it is is that he should, if he's going to play, he has to play first base probably. And this is this is my I, I'm with you as well. I would love to know is this up in the booth? Is this Friedman and those guys making these calls for Dave Roberts, or is this Dave Roberts? I mean, Dave Roberts wears it in the public. It's just hard for me to believe that Dave Roberts, coming from the generation that he came from, would actually. Well, I, I just can't believe it. I, I can't, can't believe it. it. 
He actually stole the bag to win the to get Boston out of that that rut that they were in for years. He and stole the bag, and the Dodgers don't actually steal bags anymore. So they're like an American League. They're like an American League. Um, they're an American League organization waiting on the three run bomb. Yeah, and everybody's yeah. swinging for the three run bomb, even if there's nobody on base. I'm here to tell you. And, and I tell you what. And with that, the guy who stole a sack was Brian Dozier. Brian Dozier's a guy. That for the last three or four years, just so everybody knows, the Dodgers have coveted Brian Dozier. Dodger fans are like, ooh, we might get Brian Dozier. He's the guy. Brian Dozier, Brian Dozier hit 42 bombs last year. He hit 42 bombs last year. He hit low 200s, but the, the, like maybe 242 or something. But that's part for the course nowadays. But you think Brian Dozier mentally is okay with playing behind utility guy like Kike Hernandez? And I love Kike Hernandez. Yeah, but Brian Dozier's a star. Yeah. Yeah, do you think the same thing about Matt Kemp playing behind Cody Bellinger, who wasn't even batting 50? Not, who, who, not, who, not who, like 150, no, 0.050. At one point, 0.043. And he wasn't an outfielder. And then you expect Matt to come in and give you a good pinch hit. You expect Brian Dozier to come and give you a good pinch hit. You, you burn David Freeze. You start him and you burn him after two innings. Well, this is these are this is just hard to watch top to bottom. The Dodgers came out with the victory after 200 years of bad baseball. Uh, <laughs> like 200 years, also known as 13 innings. But uh, but now I actually think the Dodgers are in the driver's seat. You got your best facing Wade Miley, who's been pitching well, but I still don't believe in Wade Miley. And um, and it's go time. You definitely this is another need to win. You don't need to go back to, to Milwaukee and need to pick up two to win the series. You need to go back to Milwaukee needing one win. You really need that. I'll actually go with Milwaukee. Today? Yeah, because yeah, because Wade Miley keeps them in the game. They have a better bullpen than the Dodgers. The Dodgers completely exhausted their bullpen where the Milwaukee Brewers didn't. I, and, and everybody needs to get out of this thing. I hear the the Joe Buck and all those guys talking about uh, how can Josh Hader come back tomorrow? Josh Hader is not their whole team. And not only that, Josh Hader only threw like 20 pitches. He was Josh going, Hader threw for one inning. And let's, let's also say Josh Hader is like 23 years old. Yeah. And, and he's going to throw every day. So whether he throws in the game or out the game, in the bullpen, out the bullpen or whatever, he's going to throw. So you, if you get another 20 pitches out of him, great. It doesn't matter if he pitches three days in a row because he's and like he's two days off. <laughs> he's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. But then the Dodgers literally don't have anybody. And Clay, this is when Clayton Kershaw has a problem to me, because especially now since he lost his velo, his velocity, he's not striking people out. And if he's not, not striking people out, it, it hurts him going deeper into the games. And they need him to actually literally probably go like eight innings. They need him to go seven or eight today. Yeah, because Ken Lee actually threw a lot yesterday. Ken Lee did throw a lot, and I was there. Ken Lee threw they – were, they, they worked him yesterday. Yeah. And so this is why I favor them today, because if Wade Miley can get past five innings, then the Dodgers probably are done, if, especially if they, get to, if they can score, because this has been the pattern as of late, how you can score on Kershaw early. I like the Dodgers at home. I like Kershaw at home. I do think he is going to be a, a suspect to give up some runs early, but I do like them at home. I hate that they've made Alex Wood believe that he can't get anybody out and that he's a reliever. Um, I like what I, I like what I saw from Urias last night. <laughs> yeah, I like what I saw from Urias last night. Like the ninety-five. <laughs> ninety-five is enough, people. 
translates. We get we get excited about ninety seven to one hundred, and it's special. There's no doubt about it. But very rarely the guys throw ninety seven to one hundred and can throw strikes and hit their spots. Yeah, we saw that with Nate Evaldi yesterday, actually, because Nate Evaldi, when he was trying to throw hard, was actually wild. Yeah, as somebody who had an absolute hose, I'm telling you, it's hard when you try to throw hard. Yeah, I, I could throw hard without trying to throw hard, but when I did try to throw hard, you should probably get out of the batter's box. I'm out of control. Or get a, get a couple of helmets. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but, the, but the thing of it is, is that velocity is overrated because the guys who are really, the really successful can hit their spots, change speeds. It's great to have an above average fastball, but you don't need 97 or 98. If you have 95, it's enough. If you have 94, you got 94 keeps you so honest. Well, let's go back to Kershaw now. Kershaw used to throw in the mid-90s. Now he's down to 90-91. I feel like he can get his arm back, but one of the things that we always talk on the sidebar is that they actually took his catcher away from him. Now he's been more of a not an all-speed pitcher, but he doesn't throw fastballs. If you want to fastballs. Yeah. What we're talking about, folks, is four-seam fastballs that are straight fastballs. That was the explosion that you saw Kellyn Kershaw, which then in turn sets guys up for that curveball because he used to deal with a 94 to 96 mile an hour fastball that gave you devastation when he would throw a 76, 74 to 76 mile an hour curveball. Devastation. There was no way to adjust. Yeah, but now I would say he's probably like at 60 to 65 percent at least of cutters. Well, and I think I think that he's he's bought into somehow or another. Everybody in the league has bought into this idea that more curveballs, more off speed is better. And what you see is is guys that are effective. Justin Verlander's throwing cheese, man. He's up to yeah. throwing gas. Matt Scherzer's throwing gas. Yeah, you but got, you know what though? You Manny Rivera. I mean, uh, Mariano Rivera. Not Manny Rivera, his cousin, but Mariano <laughs> Rivera. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Randy. <laughs> I think maybe picked us up in that Uber and we were at a, at, out of the U.S. Open last year. <laughs> See, right? <laughs> yeah, because Mariano was so successful with the cutter that now and and most of the sports are like a copycat thing. So everybody started to develop cutters. They want all the pitchers to throw cutters. Well, guess what? Everybody's cutter is not going to be like Mariano's. Mariano has had the most dominant cutter in the history of the game, but everybody is not going to have the most dominant cutter in baseball. So basically when you throw a cutter in baseball <laughs> history, yeah, you're going to have a flat, flat, flat fastball when it doesn't cut. Yeah. And then when you try to reach back and bring something, you're bringing 92 yes. as opposed to 95, 96. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's just unfortunate because we won't let people be them. If Kershaw would have stayed with his skill set, I feel like you can probably just wrap this game up. It would be a lock. Hey, yeah. But, yeah. But I don't feel like it's a lock, and that's a problem because before yeah. it was a lock. Now it's not a lock with him. And that's unfortunate because the Dodgers actually, I, I feel like, are selling the fans out with the analytics and the, you know, not respecting the game the way and playing it the way that you should. Now, um, another thing that happened last night. Which uh, which was pretty interesting was two things. One, I don't know if Gio Gonzalez is actually hurt. I love yeah. Gio. I know yeah. Gio, but Gio seems to get in his head, and it's 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 not stuff. Gio's got really good stuff, but he, he won twenty one games a couple of years ago, right? A few years ago, I, I think he won seventeen, something like that, maybe. But he the thing is, is that he he's got Gio sits at ninety three, ninety four, and yeah. has good all speed pitches. He just doesn't believe in his stuff for some reason. I don't know what happened to him there. He got out of the game, and now they're saying Zach Davies is gonna uh, 
for uh, replace him on the roster. But but the thing that everybody's talking about, other than the Dodgers' late walk off, uh, is Manny Machado uh, getting called out as a dirty player. Yeah, he's he getting called out as a dirty player. Christian Yelich called him out, and uh, Christian Yelich said it's a dirty play by a dirty player. And yeah. and and Big Jesus said it, it looked like it, but I've known Manny for many years, and I don't know why he would act like that. Right, and I, maybe it was the thing where he was trying to motivate his team. I just didn't like the method, but it, maybe he was trying to motivate his team, and he actually did turn it around and get them to win. But I just don't like that style of play because it wasn't called for. I mean, and this ends up getting guys doses to the head and all that kind of crazy stuff because if people think that you're starting to play dirty, then the pitchers yeah. retaliate. And then somebody's going to get hurt. And somebody's going to get hurt because that ball actually hurts. And when you get hit with it, <laughs> somebody's going to get hurt. One thing the Dodgers have done really well that nobody's been able to do in the whole second half is keep Christian Yelich under control. Yeah. And uh, that's that be their, their, their focus, right? It does. They, they focus. They're like, Christian Yelich is not going to hurt us. But Ryan Braun is having a good series. <laughs> Ryan Braun's a big time ball player. He's, He's having a good series. And also. Um, RC obviously is having a good series. They've been able to slow down Lorenzo Kane. Game one, Lorenzo Kane and Christian Yelich just were not <laughs> stoppable. And that's a problem. You're not going to beat the Brewers if you can't stop either one of those guys. You gotta, you gotta tighten up on them. And the Dodgers have been able to do that. The Dodgers bullpen has proven itself to be much better than expected. I'm very impressed by that. Um, whereas the Brewers bullpen outside of Josh Hader has proven itself to be hittable. Even though the Dodgers have not taken advantage, they constantly get people in trouble. And I would expect tonight we see another appearance by your man Jeffress. And he's, I'm not impressed. I don't think the Dodgers are impressed. Uh, but either way it goes, for me, this series is going to come down. It's the best of three series now. And it's going to come down to who can execute and who can play the game the right way. We've watched far too long now guys who do not play the game the right way. It really bothers me. And that's my parting shot on that series. And I'd like to talk about Houston. We have a problem. What is going on with the Houston Astros? The best team in baseball is not looking like the best team in baseball. Well, you know what? This is their victim of the success, sort of. Because even with Osuna last night when he gave up that grand salami, is because he hasn't pitched, I think, since they set the sixth or seventh or something crazy. Right. I mean, they need work. You need baseball is a timing sport. You need to be in the game. You need to be dialed in, and you can't get dialed in if you never get in the game. So this is this is an issue for them, and maybe now this will turn it around for them. But I'm not in panic mode with them because they actually are still the better team between those two. That what Boston has done is take home field back, but Houston can actually still. Now, if Houston loses another game, obviously everybody's going to be on pins and needles. But they have that type of potential where they can come back and, and actually go through Boston because Boston really doesn't have that front line pitching that you need to uh, to close it down. Right. And, you know, I'm surprised, though, because Nate Valdi showed up and, and Rick Pacello actually picked what pitched well in release. Yeah. Now, do you think that has something to do with Bregman uh, uh, point, poking, poking the bear? I think so. Yeah. I think so, because honestly, it's not um, – baseball is – you know, the the new age guys, the young guys, and I'm all for the young guys letting it all hang out. I like that. And uh, But the problem that I have is you have to pay for that. So if you're going to play guys out, if Puig wants to tell Jeffress to throw the ball over the middle of the plate, hey, guess Jeffress is a man. He's got an ego. And what did he do? He came back and started blowing cheese over the plate. And, and, and it was a problem for the people following Puig, not for Puig. But there is such a thing as letting that sleeping dog uh, lie. You know, you have a situation where, like, in that Jeffrey situation, you had him on the ropes mentally. You know, 
It's like how the Braves had Walker Buehler on the ropes before Acuna hit the grand slam off of him. Right. You didn't see anybody propositioning Acuna, I mean, uh, uh, Walker Buehler to throw a strike. No, let him, let's let his head stay messed up. <laughs> this yeah, game, just, just like Yogi Bear talks about, is it's, uh, 10% of his 90% mental. <laughs> Exactly, and and I think the Bregman, you know, because Steve Pierce called him out, and Steve Pierce went deep last night, and uh, Bregman had a couple. Of- went deep twice. That, yeah. that, that, that ball to Tony Tony Kim made that crazy play on. Bregman uh, got a couple of big knocks, but they had they had uh, Avaldi on the ropes. Yeah, but, they could, but at the end of the day, they couldn't execute. I mean, now, so now when was the last time that Charlie Morton pitched? This is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. This, this extra time doesn't do well more than a week. And now we got Morton versus Porcello. I like the Astros tonight, but I tell you what, anything can happen with the Red Sox. The Red Sox lineup is incredible because they play the right way. It says that they're the best team in baseball. Yes, it does. Yes, it yeah. does. And I actually feel like... You have to respect that. Yeah. And any of those teams that are in the National League right now would be sacrificial lambs because these teams hit home runs, the Astros and the Red Sox, but they also steal bags, move runners over. They do all the yeah. little things that you need to do to be successful in the game. Yes. And for some and reason, the National League, yeah, and then some reason, some reason in the National League now, that's a lost art. They don't play the game the right way. I really, I'm really disappointed in the National League because they Me too, because it's my favorite league. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But now you feel like literally that these teams between the Brewers and the Dodgers, they would get swept against both of these teams right now. I don't see how you can beat. These either one of those teams playing bad, you know, bad baseball. Way too many mistakes. Yeah, and I got the Astros tonight too, even though Charlie hasn't really thrown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a lot of pride, and and the Red Sox have. You can't say the best team in baseball is played over their heads because. Yes, no. But at the same time, uh, yeah, hundred eight wins is not a fluke. Not a fluke. So, really excited about these games, folks. We got two games coming up. We're going to get you a big show soon. Going to talk about this incredible uh, uh, deal that Canelo Alvarez just signed for $365 million minimum to sign with Eddie Hearn's Zone app. Uh, that's big money over 11 fights. Big and money. Big money. We got the uh, Anaheim Angels who have opted out of their lease, and they may be on the move or it may be a negotiation ploy. We got uh, we got football. John Gruden, I, you know what? They're they're expediting my my divorce from the Raider Nation. This is terrible work. The, the guy is one man has ruined the organization. You know they and, have a timer on him right now <laughs> to see. They actually have a timer online to see how long it is before they let him go. All right, and I wonder if he's going to get his whole hundred million. He's giving me great gesture yeah, work right now. Yeah, I think it's guaranteed, right? Unbelievable. Doesn't have to tackle anybody. Well, folks, uh, this is an espresso shot. We will see you sooner than later, and we'll talk to you after the games uh, about what we think. Peace. Hold on. I'm living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is my